1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, coming in your ear holes with the next episode of the Going Back to the Basics series. Today, I talk with Jake about time and stand, and not your classic normal time and sand makes for more opportunities, you know, at these bucks and deer that we're trying to kill, but the in-depth time and stand. Um, the small details, like how early do you go in in the morning? Do you want to be in there an hour before dark, a half hour before dark? Different scenarios that that might play. Um, how late should you sit um, per time of year? Should you set later? Should you set later in November? Should you set later in uh, December? Uh, what, what time should you get in there in the afternoon um, per time of year? How late should you set? Is it okay to leave before dark in the afternoon if your target buck doesn't show up? Um, could, should you set an hour after dark if your target buck doesn't show up just in case he showed up right at dark so you don't spook him? We cover a bunch of topics in this episode. Um, I really enjoyed it. Let's get the people to make this possible. Get in the show. Um, starting off with Exodus Outdoor Gear, guys. If you're in the market for a new cellular trail cam, they just released their new rival cell cam, that $179 five-year no BS warranty cell cam from Exodus. You're getting the best of both worlds. You're getting a pretty good deal on a cell cam, but you're still getting that five-year warranty and that theft and damage 50% off warranty for one camera. So if you put this on public land and it gets stolen, you're going to get 50% off that first camera. Or if someone vandalizes it or something, you get 50% off. So get that exit advantage. You're also getting that Exodus customer service. So if you have any problem with anything, they're going to take care of you. Um, and you're going to talk to one of the owners or one of the main operators of the brand, which I absolutely love. So that is a new Exodus rival um, trail cam from Exodus Outdoor Gear. They also have some new arrows coming out. They just released a podcast about that over on their platform on Trail Cam Radio. If you're interested in that, they're coming out with some micro diameter arrows this year. Um, so check that out. Also, some news. I am going to be going to Waypoint like a lot of the other podcasts are going to be doing. Um, so there will be some random ads at the beginning of the show. Um, hopefully it doesn't affect the quality of the show too much but it's a good opportunity um to make some money for the show to keep it flowing and uh keep the guests coming in and, and me being able to to do some more trips and some more stuff with my family um so be on the lookout for that um that is going to be happening here sometime soon probably the next month or so but let's get in the show and uh get jake on the line all right, we got Jake Colette on the line and we're going to break down some time and stand tonight how you doing tonight I'm doing great. How are you? Doing good, man. Appreciate you bringing up this topic. I want to give you full credit on this. I posted um, on the last breath in a circle of just some basic stuff that uh, maybe someone hadn't talked about um, that I could throw into this series. And when you, I maybe just some basic tips that you don't hear people talk about. Maybe not a topic, um, but you had mentioned you know going in early, and I was like, that's something that's not ever talked about is. How, you know, how early do you go in? How long do you stay? 
how long do you stay per time of the year? You know, how can you leave before dark? Like there's a whole bunch of stuff I want to get into, but I, I appreciate you putting the idea in my head of having this podcast with and posting on that. Cause I would, I probably would have never thought of adding this into that series. Yeah, I was, uh, I mean, it was pretty great to see, you know, you were asking people on, you know, the basic stuff and, uh, it just immediately hit my head. I'm like, I can hear my uncle in my head saying, Hey, we got to get there early. And, you know, his early might be a lot sooner than a lot of other people's, uh, morning journey to the tree stand. Uh, he's pretty anal. If, uh, if we ain't getting in there early, he's not happy. And, yeah. Uh, so yeah. that, that, uh, that sparked the idea of this podcast. So before we get in too deep here, uh, let the people know who you are and what you do real quick. Uh, I'm Jake Colette. I'm from Northeast Indiana. Uh, I got a wife and two boys. Uh, I'm a boom truck driver, which kind of helps me out on my, you know, what time the deer are moving. Cause I get to drive all day. Um, I also have a podcast slash page called blue collar whitetails. Uh, we kind of shine light on the blue collar hunter that just gets to go out on the weekend. Uh, I'm very transparent on our fails and the small victories we do have. Um, you know, there, there's a bunch of people that post up, they smack the six pointer or even a spike. And, uh, we celebrate it pretty hard. Like it's a, a big trophy class deer so that is one thing i will give you guys credit you guys go hard when you guys are successful i love those snapchats and posts dude you guys are partying like crazy which oh yeah is it's so cool to see you know especially you know you're partying when you're when you're killing you're partying when your buddy's killing and you're all jacked up fired up um and i think that i think your platform and you sharing that for me it's beneficial because you know, a lot of us, like me recently, we don't have that really good buddy that we hunt with a lot, you know? So it's cool to see that and uh, and see you guys going so hard and being successful because you know there's someone out there that was probably a little bit discouraged about shooting a smaller buck. Um, and then they see you guys, like, slamming beers and, and being real happy on a <laughs> buck smaller than that. And they're like, well, hell, maybe maybe I should be more proud of what I did, so... Props to you uh, for, for going hard on, on all that. Well, yeah, I, I appreciate that. Uh, it all it all kind of started with my best friend Colton and I. Uh, a couple years ago, we were always making jokes in the tree stand because we hunt together a lot. And, uh, you know, we were just always joking about, you know, people always wanting the big deer, which is true. But, uh, you know, you got to celebrate the small victories. And, like, like this year, uh, opening day of rifle, you know, I thought I shot two does and it turned out to both be button bucks. And, uh, you, you could have swore I, I shot a 200 incher that day. I mean, we just, the beers were flowing. We had trap music in the garage. It was, it was off the walls. <laughs> the so. old trap music bang. That's the snaps. I don't want to get about six beers deep banging music. You guys oh, are dude. knuckling, Unreal. high-fiving. It's a badass dude, but all right, well, let's get into this topic. We're talking time and stand, like I said. We're ta- we're not talking the normal um, time and stand, you know, podcast that I've done or other people have done. You know, spend more time and stand, you have more opportunities to kill bucks. I think that's right. pretty well known. We're kind of talking the fine details and the basics, and this is you know going back to the basics. So, if you are a new hunter, how how valuable is this stuff we're about to say right now, like to a new hunter? Because when, when I thought about it, I never knew when to really go when I was first hunting. I was just like, I got time to hunt. I'm going to go. <laughs> you know? Right. And I think if I didn't have, you know, my, my uncle's uh, shoulders to lean on there in the beginning of, of my journey, um, you know, I, I probably wouldn't be, wouldn't have killed as many deer as I, I have now, which still isn't a lot compared to most people, but, uh, and you don't know, knock think, it, dude. You've killed some nice bucks, and you kill multiple deer every year. So there's something <laughs> uh, to that. A blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. But yeah. uh, but no, I think I think his uh, what would you call it? Not I don't know his having to be in the woods that early before dark. I think kind of made 
me battle hardened, if that's a better way to say it. Um, I mean, it just kind of sets you off more right. Uh, you know, I kind I kind of have more of a breakdown of of you know why we would go in early. Um, but yeah, I I just remember sitting there in the tree waiting sometimes two hours before shooting light, and I'm like amped up to the max. And I'm like, man, we still got like four hours to go once day breaks. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah, that is crazy. So starting off this, um, let's let's start off with, uh, you know, how early is too early and how early is too late? And I don't know if you've seen this or not, but I did a poll on Instagram for this okay. podcast. Just, it was, I didn't do it um, really early, but um, right now I have... About 135 uh, 35 votes. And okay. seven of them are 15, under 30 minutes, and the rest of them are above 30 minutes. So 94%, 95% is above 30 minutes early at the minimal. Um, now, I know you go in a lot earlier than that, but as I was doing this post and as I was think, writing out these notes, I think I'm probably a 30, 25-minute kind of guy. Um, oh no! And after talking to a lot of people, I'm gonna try to beef that up to that 45 minute mark. Um, okay. Next year uh, and see, you know, 45 minute an hour and see if that makes a big, um, a big adjustment to the amount of deer that I see. Because I'm interested, you know, I'm in there depending on per situation, which we'll get into this. But I like to be set up, chilling with nothing going on for 20 minutes. But that 20, 25, 30 minutes, you can kind of start to see a little bit. Um, so I don't know if. Um, and and so, like not every time's perfect because you have the occasional nights where you've been out too late or you slept through the alarm. Um, but I always try to shoot for a minimum of one hour. And I'm talking like, all right, my buddy meets me here at my house. Uh, we factor in, you know, 20 minute walk. Uh, then I want like an hour of we're in the stand quiet. But I know that might sound like overkill to a lot of people, but um, it and, and like you said, it, it all depends on the situation. I've I've also killed him going in you know, at shooting light because I was, you know, late on the drive there. Um, so not saying you can't get it done, but what I've learned from going with my uncle and him telling me to go early, given that woods, a, a cool down period of, you know, you popping sticks or maybe they they catch a wind or you bump something that hour kind of gives it, you know, a wild cool down and it might put you back in the chips. Yeah, see, that's something like I was when I was writing those notes. That's something that I don't, I don't do. And this year, I seen myself even going later and later. Like I was running, seemed like I was running late a lot. Um, yeah. And I don't know if it it's harder as the year goes on. Too. Yeah, I mean, I got, I'm not, I don't have any excuses, but I normally have a lot of stuff going on, um, and just hard to wake up, man. Just after hunting right. so many days in a row, it was just hard to get up and uh, get out there, but. I was right around that 25, 30 minute mark. I did um, bump some deer going in a couple of times that I know 100% sure did. Um, would mm-hmm. I have bumped those deer and could they have hung around? Uh, yeah. So kind of what I wanted to, to break it down. I'm going to break this down in a couple different categories. Get your okay. answer. And then I, I'll, if it, mine's different, I'll kind of throw mine in there. So, you know, let's let's split the difference. You go an hour, I go 30 minutes. So 45 minutes to be our base. Okay. Um, how much do you think you should add if you hung a stand and potentially made noise hanging that stand? So do you think that you should add more, um, if you hung that stand and then you set in it for 30, 45 minutes after it was completely hung, um, since you had that added noise, or do you think that that 45 minutes is enough in that situation? that that's a tough uh i haven't i used to roll with a climber about two years ago um and i i ran that for probably five years prior and i know when i used the climber that hour mark uh was actually pushed back more 
because I knew that, I mean, they clank um, when you hit up. To, it's never perfect. It, it just seems like those climbers are a mess. Uh, so I, I can, I'm trying to, you know, imagine in my head, you know, tying sticks to a tree and then trying to get like a saddle platform or even a hang on. Um, man, I would, I would be going on the more time as opposed to just settling for you know that for that 35 40 minute mark okay i i agree um most of the time when i hang a stand i'm always like how oh, to take this long to get up there um and a lot of times i have a tree picked out but maybe i haven't been in that tree for a while so you always want to mm-hmm. give yourself a buffer of a little bit extra time um but i probably 75 percent hunt out of sets that I've hung that day or the day before or something. And I, I moved bop around everywhere. Um, so that's right. something that when I was, like I said, when I was writing this out, that maybe, maybe on those times that I go in and set up, I do need to, um, get in there a little bit earlier, um, and give that at least a little bit more, but a little bit more cushion. Cause like you said, a lot of deer, you know, might bump out of the area for a noise or something, but, you also might not bump something because you're in there so early and they're not in off the ag fields yet. Um, yeah. So the next, the next topic I got is, so what do you think, what do you think if you're going into a bedding area? Like, are you going to be past that 30 minute mark, 45 minute mark, or you think that's enough to beat them back in there? We're talking, let's say, let's say late October, early, when most people were hunting, um, Let's do that time frame. So late October, November, what do you think there? You're going to a bedding area. Um, what do you think, more time or less time? Um, Definitely on the more side, more time side of that. Uh, I, I know we have a couple stands out here at my place that, you know, doesn't really get hunted until that later part of the fall going into gun season and it's in heavy bedding i mean it's thick honeysuckle um it's it's real marshy so like when you walk your muck boots sink and make that suck noise you know what i mean yeah uh, and i've i've kicked deer right out from underneath my stand that i'm going to um all the stand that's the other thing too is like all of our stands they're preset um which is kind of nice because you know, you don't have to rush and hang something up, but I also see the plus of mobility. But anyway, back to that, I would say if you're going deep and you're going to bedding, I would definitely give yourself a little bit more time to creep. Um, you know, you're always going to pop a twig. You're always going to, like I said, you're going to find some soggy stuff or, and that's what I wrote down. Like the, the weather conditions have so, so much of a play on how early we go in. Um because there's, there's so many different factors, you know, whether wind's covering up your noise you're making, then you can kind of, you know, you don't have to be as careful, but if it's no wind or a low wind, you can hear a pin drop and you got, cr- you know, crunchy leaves and all that stuff. Um, you're definitely going to want to set up more time than is when you go in after a rain, you know? Yeah. That's a good point that I didn't even think about, you know, noting, you know, wind, rain, snow, Anything of that factor that's kind of kind of hide your noise um, on the way in, you could probably get away with getting in there a little bit later, and maybe not setting in that rain or yeah. or something like that. But you definitely, people say they don't move in the rain, but man, they move oh, in the rain, move right after the rain. You definitely want to be in there if you got a gap in the rain. There's something about uh, October rains that are just magical for some reason. I don't know what it is, but something uh, to another it. Thing on the, the on the weather side of things. Um, I don't know if a lot of people think too. A, a lot of people like to hunt those those full moons and stuff, and and we'll still hunt them. But you, if you don't have much cloud cover, I mean, you don't even need a flashlight to walk out there in the morning. I mean, I'm sure you've seen that. And you know, I I also think of the silhouette that could present uh, you walking out there in the timber, or if you got across an open field. So you might be able to get away with a later walk in. Um, opposed to going in an hour before. Yeah, I've noticed um, one thing that uh, hunting with Garrett from Last Breath, we coyote hunted and it was a full moon. And he said a lot of times, you know, the, these coyotes can see at night, but they can see better when 
it's that full moon. Um, so mm-hmm. I wonder if that's kind of the same as deer. You know, if it's real pitch blackout, they can see, but they can't see real, real great. Um, but when they have that brightness, that moon, that's something that you might want to get in there. Just keep that I, as an idea because they, they might be able to see better. Um, right. There, and I, I think with that full moon, sometimes it screws up the morning hunt because I feel like they're out around milling all night with a better visibility. Yeah. Could, I don't know could if that's true. Be. Maybe they're going further away from, you know, they're stretching their distance out further away from where they bed because they're – they can see a little better. They feel more confident of what they got going on. Stuff can't sneak up on them. Because I, I know deer feed at night, but that's like the optimal time for coyotes and all the predators that these right. deer deal with to be moving around. Um, so it's, it's crazy. That, uh, there's a lot of content out there about whitetail, but there isn't a lot of like, how do they see? How do they, you know, knowing <laughs> that as the exact answers that could really, really help us. Um, just like this, this topic in general, like, no one's saying, oh, the moonlight might have an effect on these. I've never heard that before on on anything. But it's there's a really good possibility. It ha- it's with same thing with coyotes. It probably is the same thing with deer. Um, oh yeah. Uh, so, then, oh, go ahead. Uh, one one more thing on like the the early morning that I don't know if anyone else has kind of thought about this or maybe we're crazy, but like that opening day of gun season, you have the orange army, right? So what we like to do is that's probably our earliest sit we'll get out there in the tree because you got to think of all the you know joe blow over there that is coming in 30 minutes before coming in you know right at sunlight or whatever just picking all kinds of deer around if you can get back there into the deep parts or you know you're obviously opening day you're gonna want to sit that 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 perfect gun stand you know what i mean like where they've been skirting you all year um we, we like to get back there early and, you know, try to beat the crowd to where, oh, this pocket's safe. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah, I know what you're saying. So gun season, allow yourself a lot of extra time from the – just let your kind of zone chill and for the potential of someone else walking in late and bumping something to you. Yeah. Okay, so let's break this down. Um, me, me and you, our opinion is any, anywhere between – 30 to an hour like you said you go in earlier than that a lot of times you're at that hour mark right like hours yeah. your minimal typically an hour yeah okay so i like i said i'm gonna stretch mine out i'm gonna give it that extra 15 20 minutes next year um and just see if it makes a difference like i that's something that yeah. i've never done i've always been like oh 20 30 minutes is good but i'm gonna stretch it out this year and try it so if you're hanging a stand give it a little bit extra time that 15 minute walk um, it's variable to the weather, kind of like all whitetail hunting is. It's variable to yeah. the weather. You got a little cushion if it's you have some cover, some wind. Um, you can look, think about the moon. The moon might have an effect on you going in. It might be able to see a little bit better. Um, and and you know be prepared on those opening day of bow season or opening day of shotgun rifle, whatever, to be a little bit early because there's potentially going to be a lot of people late pushing deer. And if you're set up in a chill area. Um, you have a better opportunity. That kind of break that down pretty good. Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. So now we go to the next topic. Um, how long do you set in the morning? And the reason that I brought this up is it seems like a simple answer, but mm-hmm. I picked a time that I thought a lot of people would set to, which is nine a.m. I was like, okay, oh, yeah. nine. I think a lot of people are like, ah, movement's kind of done. I'm gonna go get some breakfast. Blah blah. Um, on my Instagram. I had 140 votes, and okay. 128 of those were after 9 a.m. So 93% of these people were saying that they hunted after 9 a.m. Um, in that October, late October, November range, which a lot of people probably pushed the envelope there. Um, mm-hmm. But I was thinking 9 a.m. There's almost 8% that said they were, you know, they were pretty much done at 9 a.m. So that's kind of our basics of the average, and then we'll talk about kind of what we do. So okay. during that time frame, uh, what do you think um, is what what's a good time you think to get out of the stand after a morning set? We we always plan on getting down ten thirty. That's usually. I mean, it's never even. I don't think it's been a thing we've thought of. It's just. It's always ten thirty. Seems to be like the 
the bell for us to go ahead and start packing up. And there's a reason why we packed up at 1030, but I won't jump ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I, I seem to set a lot. I set a lot of all day sets, but I also bump around a lot midday. And I feel like that 11 o'clock is where I draw the line. Like, um, 11 o'clock is just like, okay, I feel like if everything's bedded for the day, you know, it's the ruts, anything can happen. I see midday movement. I see a lot of young buck midday movement. Um, I feel like those older age class deers, you, the rarity of them moving midday is way lower. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like they found a doe that morning or they're with a doe or they're in a doe bedding area already because they know where one's at. I feel like those young, you know, year two, three-year-old bucks are just still cruising because they don't really know. Maybe they don't know where they're at at all because they're, you know, moving so much. Or um, they don't know what does are coming in. They haven't learned the schedule yet. And uh, But I know a lot of people say they kill their biggest deer, you know, during that time frame. But I feel like you might see, I see deer, but I don't see a lot of really big age class deer like that five and plus year old deer during that time of the day that yeah, I, 11 to one thirty. you know that's when i get down i'll move um if i have a lunch a lot of times i'll eat that at the truck or i'll snag something for lunch and then move um mm-hmm. especially with me hunting you know a lot of times i go 17 days straight or 18 days straight oh, yeah. and it's just nice to have a hot lunch sometimes you're just like <laughs> man I, well, i'd kill for a casey's pizza slice right now you know <laughs> That one urban place I got, there's a Casey's like three miles away. I'm like, oh man, I could be back in like five minutes, you know. <laughs> uh, so I'm like, a lot of times I'm like, I'm just gonna get down twelve. I'll get down at twelve and be back in the stand by twelve thirty. It's like that close, you know. I like, there's no way I missed anything. Um, but why? Why do you get? Why do you draw the line at ten thirty? I'm drawing the line at eleven because I feel like, um, I feel like there's a m- movement a a bump movement between nine and 10 that a lot of people miss. And that's why I picked nine. I feel like yeah. there's the morning movement. Then there's like a lull. And then there's a second movement from yeah. nine to ten thirty or 11, somewhere in there. Is that, is that kind of what you're seeing too? Yeah. And I, I see a couple of my buddies that they get down at that nine, like, or they'll send me a snap that they're, you know, at the gas station or something. I'm like, I'm like, bro, it, it ain't even been bright that long. Like what, what do you mean? But uh, I, we, we just sit to 1030 and, you know, Colton and I will look at each other and we'll be like, all right, let's give it 10 minutes. And so we start packing up, you know, and um, sure enough, that, that 10 minutes could, could make or break you um, if you're not ready. And I know everybody goes, oh, just, just 10 more minutes. Well, if you're going to do that, you might as well add another 10 because more times than not, uh, we've had people at the base of the stand and had bucks chasing does come right by us. Um, so really, you and I were not we're not that far off on uh, the morning sit time. Yeah, I, I, I would feel like it'd be a waste to go in at nine unless it was just, you know, absolutely miserable. Like I couldn't take it anymore. Which I just I don't know. I feel like nine o'clock comes around pretty quick. Yeah, and and my what I always think is like, what am I gonna do from nine to eleven that's potentially <laughs> gonna help me kill a buck other than setting in this stand? I'm not gonna oh, yeah. make a move and reset up at eleven most of the mm-hmm. time. You're gonna take a break. You might pull a trail cam or something, but there's really nothing other than you're gonna do and pack all your stuff out, go back to the truck, and then sit there for a while and make a plan for the afternoon. If you plan on hunting, you know that whole day you're off work, or whatever you're gonna make a move. Um, right. I would rather push it to 11, have a little bit less time to decide what I'm going to do, a little bit less time to eat. Um, I'm not going to take a nap or anything. I, I got four kids. I don't even know what that is. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you're not going to, if you, I mean, a lot of, I know probably a lot of people come back, take a nap and, and start over, you know, for the afternoon hunt. But yeah, I feel like that 9 a.m. lull kind of like everybody's like, all right, you know, movement's done. Everything's back in the bedding. But then, like I said, there's a kick up. There's like a little bump that I see, um, in, in the middle, the middle of the morning there, that midday movement, mid morning movement. Um, it's like some bucks maybe have checked to come off the ag, checked the bedding area, nothing there. And now they're cruising to the second bedding area. Um, 
And even as I look through my trail cams, like my daylight <laughs> pictures, a lot of them are either first light or two hours, three hours after first light. You know? Yeah. It, there's, it seems like there's a bump first light, then, then a pause, and then a bump, and then a, a long pause midday there. Um, I have sat in doe bedding all day, midday, had does get up and mill around, um, like the same three or four does mill around. And I sat on them three days in a row, and I never had a buck come in there midday. I actually <laughs> had bucks go in there in the morning and leave midday. And not like leave, leave out at that, not, not the mid morning time. Like they go in there in the morning and then they would roll out without a doe at like nine something. I'm like, well, obviously none of those does are hot yet. Or, you know, he's bred them and he's moving on one or the other, but. Right. Uh, it's, I, I, it's crazy it's how, true. you know, you have a mature deer come in and you're like, okay, he's with the doe. He's like, he's in the area. There's does right here. You know, I'm 80 yards from this doe bedding. I'm downwind of it. This is perfect. They're going to be in there bedded. Uh, anything that cruises is going to come to me and then they cruise in there and then they cruise right out. You're like, what the hell, dude, <laughs> you got, you got what you want right there, but they're not ready. So, um, well, that's funny you say that because like, it, you know, you were talking about, you know, a second get up there at nine o'clock. Um, you know, everybody at, at first shooting light, there's that anticipation, right? Well, just looking back, like, as you were talking, it just reminded me like, I remember looking down at my, my time and it being close to nine o'clock and you know, there's that second wind where it's like, all right, something's going to happen here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why you think that? And it's obviously because you've had experience with that second movement. Yeah. It's like you get past that first light and you're kind of like, ah, oh, man, the movement wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. And then if you can tough it out past that nine o'clock, there's movement like Thanksgiving day. I had one, I had to set till 10. I had to set till I had to be out of the woods, packed up by 10 to get to Thanksgiving. I had one move at 10 20. I'm like, oh. gosh. And I like, I packed out the stand and everything. And I'm like, I set till 10. I'm like, dude, I was 20 minutes. And I, that's the buck that I drew on three times the same day. I'm like, this, oh. this deer is like, got my number this year, you know? Um, but like I said, I was like, I'm setting past nine. I told my wife, I said, I'm going to set past nine. I mean, I do the same thing you do. Ah, 10 more minutes. You know, you try to push yourself. Ah, 10 more <laughs> minutes. Ah, five more minutes. Like, let's see if I can make it till 9.30. Oh, you made it till 9.30? Let's see if you can make it till 9.45. Like, um, that that's that's what I do, and I'm sure a lot of other people do that. So, in your opinion, do you think that that 10.30 time is the best time to exit the stand in the morning? Uh, I mean, I like I said, packing up at that time to get down uh, – I guess why I do it so much is because more times than not that I can remember, um, I've just got out clean at that time. Yeah. So that's, I think that's why I like that 11 o'clock time. Even if I'm way back in there, I feel like I can get out pretty clean. And a lot of times yep. I'm on public. Um, so setting that extra little bit of time, I'm not messing up anybody else's hunt. And if he's out there going to sit out there all day, the guy kind of is like, okay, this guy, like, there's kind of like a street cred of, okay, I'm not going to be mad at this guy because he's set till 11. Like, that's a respectable time. <laughs> if, <laughs> yeah. if dude's got to get out of here, um, <laughs> you know. So a lot of times I'm, I'm like, you know, this dude might be hunting this ridge right here. I got to walk past that ridge to get out. I'm going to make sure I'm either going to set longer than him or I'm going to set long enough when I walk out. I'm not going to ruin his hunt as well. Um, right, right. So what do you think about all-day sets? My my theory every year is kind of changing on these. Um, over the past three or four years, I've been doing a shitload of all-day sets, and I just don't think that they're the right thing to do in most situations. Well, um, I, I, I'll give you the tip of the hat on, uh, on doing that because if nobody on here has tried one, it's, uh, it's a slugfest. Um, it's like an overtime game that don't end. Yeah, I did uh, six that six that seventeen day stretch this year. I tried um, to do it on the uh, the week of November eighth when I had that whole week off of work, and I mean, you want to talk about just mentally straining, um, physically it, it it wears you down. Uh, it's very hard. I typically, I mean, I well. 
I'd say 95% of the time during the season, I will not pull one off. I will not, I will not do a full sit. Yeah. That's something that I was like really adamant on myself. Um, cause you know, time and stand kills, time and stands kills. And I'm not saying it's not a good thing to do. It's just really situational. You have to be yep. like, I've had incredible mornings. Like this year I had three shooter bucks. Um, like I said, I drew on one three times. I mean, he was in the brush. He went bad angle, almost in a shooting lane, turned left, like d- almost killing a deer. He's sub 20 yards and I can't get a shot like that, that he's in the thick stuff, you know, but I almost killed a deer three times and then have two other shooter bucks in that area within 80 yards. And in the evening, nothing like Dang. nothing to see a doe didn't do anything. And I never left. Like, I mean, and it, every time I think about like when we had the encounter with Magnum a few years ago, we're like, oh, we're setting all days in this doe bedding. And then he we seen him leave that doe bedding decided to set anyways um if we would have tried to follow him in the direction that we seen him go we probably would have had better success than sitting there hoping that he came back to us um right. so that's something i'm also going to change next year i'm not going to say i'm not going to do an all-day set but it's going to have to be a pretty good situation for me to do it um, i'm i would rather get down feel more motivated about my spot um, you're going to have more fun by getting down. Like you said, it's not going to be a mental drag. Um, yep. And there's something about a fresh spot that always feels good. Like, okay, you're like, oh, I've been here all day. My sit's been here all day. I peed out of the stand three times. Like, um, <laughs> you know, yep. I'm going to get down and move. Um, so that's another thing I'm going to change up next year. I'm not going to try to hunt the same spot all day unless I'm really – unless even if I get down and move like 200 yards. Like, just try something new um, because one thing about hunting, you know, those all-day sets is, okay, you had the information of what happened there this morning. Um, you had the information of what happened there that evening. You sat there all day, right? Well, you're going to go for maybe another all-day set because this is your money spot. Well, you didn't only waste that whole day, but you wasted getting any of other intel from your property that day. Right. So you don't know what's going on two ridges away. You don't know what's going on at this other stand that's really good. If you would have split those days up and you just said, well, you know, I didn't see anything this morning, but I seen good movement over here in the evening. Maybe I should give that stand a morning set. Um, So that's kind of what I want to do is try to, uh, instead of trying to hit the bullseye with one shot, I'm going to give it more like a shotgun method and a lot of different areas instead of, trying to get that spot right on the money hit mm-hmm. hunt a lot of different areas that I think a buck might be in instead of just trying to pin him down to one spot that I think he will show up the most. Um, yeah. Cause I, I feel like I'm almost there like, Oh yeah, he'll show up here eventually, but how long am I going to have to set there? Like I had a spot picked out on a buck that I missed called Jojo. And I said, this deer is going to use this pinch sometime during daylight out this year. I guarantee it. And I was right. He used it like November 3rd at 11.30 in the morning. Dang. And I'm like, well, I was right. I knew he was going to use this pinch at some point. Um, Mm -hmm. It was a small water pinch that a mobile cam covered the whole thing. So I knew if anything was going in and out of there. Um, But I was like, he's going to use it to get to one piece to the other at some point in the year. Um, And I was right. But a guy would have had to sit there all season to have one opportunity. So... That'd be rough. Something I'm going to change, try to change is, uh, but I think that best time to exit, you know, is that 11 a.m., 11.30 time frame. Are you going to miss a potential shooter midday? Yeah, you might. Um, Am I telling you not to set midday if you can? No, but maybe you should try an area. There's not a lot of areas that are good morning and evening. It takes a special spot to do that. Um, Yeah. But especially if you know you had does come in maybe maybe that you alerted one and you're like oh, i'm gonna hang out anyways but that doe remembers that she was alerted by something over there this morning and she don't go oh, back yeah. over there i've had that happen so don't get me started on this yeah year. okay so <laughs> so let's get into the you know the afternoon um what what time are you going in in the afternoon i'm probably like in november if i do gonna do an all-day thing um, I'll probably be set up by one. Um, but if it's a, 
if it's something where I'm like going out gun season or something, I'm probably going to be about that. You know, you get that daylight savings time, which I think they should oh. ax that shit. That's a devastation to, to whitetail hunters. Uh-huh. But I'm probably about that 2.30 mark if I'm just going to hunt the evening. I want to be set up, ready to go by 2.30. So what what are you thinking there? Uh, well, I usually try to throw a couple weekday sits um, just because, you know, I have a 10-minute drive from work. And if I can get off, you know, at 3.30, 4 o'clock, um, even with that daylight savings, I have a spot where like if i'm feeling you know froggy that night um i don't have to you know put too much disturbance on the woods uh because i got a stand that's like 60 yards off the back of my grandpa's house um and, and they're used to a lot of movement yeah, you killed out of there this year didn't you yeah I yeah did. that's what i thought yeah. <laughs> yeah it uh so you know again a lot of this it's situational because a lot of guys don't have that spot. Yeah, I got, um, I got a spot like that where it's like I might not see a bunch of deer, but I might see a deer. Of, you know, a good buck might be over there hitting a scrape or checking, you know, checking the backside of a doe bedding. But <laughs> yeah. it's not like a really, really good spot, but it's a spot I can get into really, really easy. I have those two. Um, yep. I just waste a stand there pretty much. Like I'm just going to waste a stand here and pretty much if it, you know, if it happens, it happens. If it don't, but if you, any time yeah. out there is better than no time out there in a day. I, I would say I, I mean, I'd be, if I'm getting off after four, um, you know, once that daylight savings hits, it, I'm probably going to ax that hunt, but you know, early on in the year, if I can get out at hell, even five o'clock, uh, I don't get dark till, you know, seven Um, you know, you're all right. But I guess in the evenings, like if it's the weekend, uh, I don't really think about it too much. Usually I'll get done with that, that morning hunt. I'll come inside, you know, help out around the house with the kids and everything. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be like, well, don't, don't be waiting on dinner for me. Cause I'm, I'm going and usually I'll leave, you know, three 30 and I'll walk back there to the woods. All right. So yeah, you're, you're giving about that an hour difference. Most of the time in the evening, I don't see movement that early. I'm right. Just, I'm just trying to give it that buffer time of me getting set up, staged up. It's a funny thing about the evening hunts. I don't know if you do this or not, but like the anticipation rises all night. Oh god. Like you're like rising, yeah. rising, rising. And then when you hit that 35, 40 minutes left, when it's the best yeah. chance that you see a deer, the mm-hmm. anticipation yeah. level is like at zero. You're like, I'm not yeah. gonna see anything. <laughs> it's I'm like the, the best, yeah, the best <laughs> chance for you to to see a deer is when you're like, oh, the night's over. I'm not going to see anything. And I do that every time. I'm like, this is literally the best chance I'm going to see a deer is these last 30, 45 minutes. And my brain's like, you're not going to see anything tonight. You've been sitting here for hours, haven't seen anything. Like, it's just yeah. so funny that it's like that. And I've even, I've even shot called it before where we'll be sitting in the stand It'll be like 15 minutes left to go, and I'll be like, "All right, in 10 minutes here, we're we're gonna see something or hear something." Sure enough, right at the bell, you know, yeah. it, it's always crunch. Yeah, I had a it, I had a buck I called the grade eight, and I had both my boys out with me in the blind, and I was like, we had some does come out behind us, and they were like, "Ah, oh, shoot them," you know, and I was like, "Well, let's just wait, you know, till last flight." So the bucks like to come out right at dark, you know. And I had the grade eight come out and I rattled them over to like 65, 70 yards in the field. And Dang. they still don't understand like the distance of a bow, you know, and they're like, <laughs> shoot him, shoot him. But they all like got to look out there and see like a, uh, a, a one fifty high one forty class mm-hmm. eight pointer just right there in the middle of a field. So they were jacked about it, but I was like, I, oh. I can't shoot that far, you know? And my one kid blade and he was pretty devastated that, I couldn't shoot that far, but I'm trying to explain to him, like, the bows, you know, the arrow only goes so far, but, and, you know, that's a long shot with a chance of, chance of, uh, <laughs> if, if I had a gun, he's in the background. If you had a gun, <laughs> he's already learned, he's already learned the right answer. <laughs> but I said, you know, if we have a, if you had a gun, then, you know, that 60, 70 yard shot's way doable. You could, you could, uh, make that happen. Um, but right. that's like you said, that last light, man, he came out, hit a scrape. Um, and I'm like, man, it's just so these bucks are on the edge of a field. They're a last light creature for me. And that's why 
I haven't killed a lot of deer on the edge of a field because it's just not, you know, not a bucks on the edge of a field because it's just not in my area. Um, there's too much pressure on the fields and they just don't get there. Um, so, you know, you've set, you've set all night. You haven't seen anything. You're in a timber set scenario. How long are you waiting to get out of the stand? Are you getting out right at last light? Or are you uh, getting out? Are you waiting a little while or what are you doing there? Well, it's kind of, I go back to that trust your gut. Um, you know, sometimes during the year I'm able to, I, I feel like I'm able to assess the situation and be like, all right, I'll just get down, you know, right after, right once it hits that time, I'll be able to get down. But there's a lot of times where something in your body just holds you up and it's just like, no, just wait. And sure enough, you know, something's going to come down the trail behind you. And I've, I've wife worried to death before i've sat out there in the dark after shooting light for almost two hours because i've had deer feeding right underneath my stand and i can hear them crunching i'm like i can't go anywhere and i don't want to blow this up you know so it's all situational um i guess it's more of a feel thing for me it varies my time yeah i feel like this is another thing that's not talked about at all like people talk about you know exiting during the day but like at night like what is the correct move um to exit and i know a lot of people talk like man if you're getting to 10 10 minutes or less like and your buck hasn't shown exit the field then oh I'm man like, i'm like oh you know babe wink uh, babe uh uh bill winky he was saying you know if if my buck hasn't showed up i'm gonna exit early and i'm like man that's just insane to me um you know yeah there's gonna be something you're getting all the way out you're like man what if i waited five minutes like what you know yeah uh but he's i think he's worried about the camera light as well um so that probably has a factor but i didn't know i've heard of other people doing that as well but mine is situational too if i'm in a timber setting um a lot of times and it's dark i'm getting out of there i feel like if that buck hasn't showed up in between the the food and the bedding i'm not gonna wait any longer i'm gonna get out of here as quick as i can because he could show up in five minutes um yeah a lot of times on those late encounters hunting the the woods uh because i don't hunt any field edges either you you ever go to pull back on a buck with five minutes left i mean you're (laughs) early season definitely you're having a hell of a time trying to find that pin yeah Um, and that's why i got rid of my peep actually uh, I was doing some research on the guys who go elk hunting and a lot of the guys removed the peep just cause well, one, it's another thing that could go wrong. Uh, but it actually allows more light into your, your housing. Uh, so your eye can actually focus, you know, for that last, you know, your legal limit time. Yeah. I could see that'd be beneficial. You're not looking through a keyhole. You're looking, you know, through, through more, more of a space there, but that, um, now on a field edge, that situational if i have deer there i try to wait depends on which way they're feeding that's another thing like you could wait there 10 minutes and then that buck comes out 75 yards from you and you don't know he's there (laughs) like i know a lot of people are like oh i wait 30 minutes on a food source i'm like man if the more i wait there it feels like the more chance he's gonna show up oh yeah um so i'm like if i got deer right underneath me i might wait a little bit but a lot of times I'll set my stand up to where I can at least get away a little bit before mm-hmm. I have the potential to maybe like I'll walk out a Creek or maybe I'll make a trail through a little gap of woods. Um, yes. to try to avoid that main field. I got one spot though, man. Like it's one of those you're like, if I sit here, I'm going to, I'm going to bump deer. It's like, just, <laughs> there's no way if, ands, buts about it. If hey. I sit here, I'm going to bump deer. So this year I decided I'm not going to hunt there early. I had bucks daylight on cam there early. I'm like, man, like they're not really, really consistent, but you're going off a cam. So you're only getting a little bit of the picture. Maybe they're here more than you think. Um, And then I didn't hunt it waiting to the rut. And then the pressure on that field was like, and so high during the (laughs) rut and gun season. I'm like, this year I hunt there. I'm hunting early. Like I'm not going to wait and save this spot for everybody else. I'm going to go in there hard and hunt that spot early. Oh, we got we got a funny saying that we say back and forth to each other. If you ain't bumping, you ain't thumping. So, <laughs> so yeah. that's just, no, it's gotta happen. Yeah. It's, uh, it's tough, man. Ted. 
to not bump deer and, and to be in the right zone and pick the right day when that buck's going to daylight. Um, but I like to set, I like to get out at dark. Like I'm a get down, get out kind of guy, um, on a food source for sure. If, if I can get out without bumping deer and the timber, same way mm-hmm. I'm a, if that deer hasn't showed a lot of times I'm packing up a set. So I always have that 15, 20 minutes at the base of the stand that I'm worried about. Um, so trust your gut. Yeah. That's the hardest, one of the hardest points and for a new guy like where do you get the answer to that like there i don't think there is a correct answer it's just kind of like you said just do what you think's right and that's the best you can do like oh yeah unless you have like a a perfect exit from a food plot or something or you can have someone drive into a field and bump deer which i think if you do that a lot that has an adverse effect on deer as well um i heard bill winky's using a remote control car yeah, I heard that. Too. I'm like, this guy's breaking out all the top secret tricks. You know, I mean, like well, I, I've, I've coyote called it deer, and they just stand there. I'm like, I would be afraid to do that. Yeah, I wouldn't. I just couldn't. Yeah. Uh, but but another thing for like a, a new person that kind of took me a while to realize if you really if you sit there and listen. And, you know, it seems like your, your, your ears are at a heightened level at that time, just cause you're in the zone. Um, you know, y- you can almost pick that time. That those squirrels go up a tree at night. And if you're hearing walking more, more than not, it's going to be a possum, a coon or a deer. So if, you know, it's not the same walking that you've been hearing all afternoon, those squirrels will go up the tree, yeah. You know, before it gets dark. So, if you're hearing something walking around, you might you might want to just double check your surroundings. Yeah, that's good advice. Well, do you have anything else to add to this, man? I think this has been a good conversation for, you know, not we might not have taught anybody something that's you know a seasoned hunter, but maybe it made <laughs> them think about some some of the times that they pick and choose to go in, because. Um, all these decisions weigh so much on your success. Um, yep. Literally going in 30 minutes earlier might might do it uh, one day. Staying 30 minutes later one day might do it. You know, it's just crazy oh. how such a small detail can really make the difference in, in killing that buck that you're after. But that's the game that we play. It People say it's a game of inches, but I think it's a game of decisions. Like, right. There's a thousand decisions you make throughout the season – um, and a thousand is not even probably an overestimate. It's like you make it so many decisions day by day in your head. Like I'm going to set 10 more minutes or I'm going to move over here. And then you change that, or I'm going to hang this cam here. If you'd have hung it three trees over, you'd have got the picture. Like there's so, so many steps that you have to just nail to, to make it happen. Um, right. That I think that's, this was a good conversation to have. And like I said, as I was writing the notes, it was going to, I was like, I've been doing the same thing for so long. Why don't I just see if something else will work? Like, I'll just try something else. Yeah, or why don't I do that? It, like, made me open my eyes and think, well, why why don't I do that? And maybe that's the thing that I need to change where, you know, I'm back to killing giants again and not, you know, just really, you know, good bucks. Like, middle of the mall. Yeah, yeah. So, what? (laughs) Well, I got two two things I just want to add really quick. Uh, one popped into my head here as we were talking about at night, you know, if, if you're starting out hunting, I know, I know it's a lot of money to somewhat get, you know, the bow around and all that stuff, but it's, if anything, I looking back when I started, I wish I would have spent the money to get a lighted knock. If you, if you can do that, it's going to help you out so much more. Um, just getting valid, a better validation on where your shot placement was. Um, that's that's one thing I'd like to add. And then another thing, uh I know you and I kind of had a tough season. Uh it was it was a grind fest, especially you. Um you were you were grinding all, all the time. Um you, you got to no matter what, you got to keep your A game out there. If, if you're starting out, um you're going to have your misses and, you know, blown out and all that stuff. You got to make sure you're still going in early. Um, you're still, you know, get all that. I like to take just dove unscented shower 
Um, but you, you really need to keep on your A game because I like to think of it as a numbers game. Um, I know that could be wrong in some people's heads, but if you don't keep grinding, you're, you're definitely not going to kill those deer. So that's what I have to add. Yeah, I agree, man. It's, it's hard to, uh, to just keep going, but that's something that you have, like, if you want to kill big deer every single year, that's just part of the part of it. Like you just something that you have to do. So there's years where like the year before where I was bucked out in October and it was easy. Yep. Homie had killed a buck. We'd, we'd been on top of other deer. We were on top of deer in November. We homie, you know, drawed on a deer in November and, and spooked him a, a giant, um, we then late season he missed one like we were on deer literally every single part of the year um, right and encountering like giant deer um and then you get to this year where i pass good ones and then i have a hard november and then the hardest thing about it is man you wait for that november and then it's over and then you're like well shit like now yeah. now i'm waiting for weather like once you get past that first gun it's really hard to to keep that motivation for me to oh, yeah. say, you know, it could happen today. It could happen today, which it, it can, you know, and this year I was pretty well good with not killing a buck. And I've had that blessing of weather with that late season food, you know, yep. so it all came together at the end for me and I was able to kill a nice buck and, and, and put a cap on the season. But like you said, that's a good, good point for new listeners. That's kind of not related to this episode. You just got to grind it out sometimes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. My kids no, in the background good. screaming, <laughs> crying. Someone's probably beating someone up. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I only you could hear that yell that I just did. I turned the mic off oh. and then yelled. So you only got the privilege of hearing that. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, but, uh, all right, man, well, we'll wrap it up here. I appreciate you spending some time with me and, and talking about this topic. Um, let the people know where they can find you one more time before we wrap it up. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Like I said, this was really fun tonight. You guys can find me uh, on Instagram and Facebook. You can find our podcast, Blue Collar White Tails, on Spotify, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. Uh, like I said, don't bite. We're, we're every day just like everyone else, and uh, we, we don't care big or small. Share them all. So that's what we're about all right man well i'll make sure and tag you up so people can find you have a good night brother hey thanks again take it easy all right guys so that wraps up this episode um hope you guys enjoyed this episode of of the in stand time talk we broke down a lot in this episode um and we kind of were chatting off air there about you know just recording this episode and talking about the stuff in it kind of opened up our eyes to maybe some different options that we could do each year to change up our game to see if it has an effect. You know, maybe me going in a little bit earlier, maybe um, maybe setting a little bit later in the day for him. He said, well, maybe I should go to that 11 o'clock instead of, he's like 30 minutes. Like maybe I should go to 11 instead of 1030. Um, he said 1030 is just what we always have done. And 30 minutes early is what I've always done. You know, and he goes in an hour, hour and a half early. Um, he's a successful hunter. I'm a successful hunter. There's a lot of ways to skin the cat, but it's one way better than the other for you. You don't really know until you try it. Um, so I think we're both going to take a little bit of each one and maybe give it a try and see if it has an effect on our season. Um, and you never know what really small detail can add, add all that extra juice that, you know, you need to, to kill that, that buck that you're after. And, uh, every minute matters. Um, and every decision matters, unfortunately. And like I said, we've got to make a bunch of seats, you know, decisions each each year. Um, but this isn't the end of going back to the basics. We have a lot more to talk. Um, like I said, I also have some Legend of the Woods series coming. But I'm really enjoying this in-depth kind of one-topic um, digging in really deep and diving through. It's, it's really fun, and it's making me kind of open my eyes to my game of some spots that, I wouldn't even have thought to change if I didn't do this series. So I appreciate you guys listening to me um, and, and coming to the show. And, you know, I had the idea to do this season, but if I didn't have you guys to, to listen, I wouldn't have done it. So I'm learning. Hopefully you guys are learning. 
Um, like always, try to do the right thing. Try to leave a legacy. Love you guys. And White to Legacy is out. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Birds up in the sky. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, a mule there, baby, right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.